Hey, all you beautiful people. Thank you so much for coming to my podcast. Quick reminder, if you want to listen to the songs that I have on my podcast, you will have to download the Anchor app, comma, go to anchor.fm slash Ashley Milan Brooks, comma, or if you clicked on the shared link on any of my social media sites, whether that is Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or Snapchat, click on that link and there will be an option to listen to my podcast right then and right there. You're all set if you do that, and you'll be able to hear the lovely array of songs that I choose. So, you know, don't miss out, you guys. Click that link or download the app for yourself and see. Ah, it's going to be so fun. That's so irritating. Hey, everybody. Thanks for coming to this week's episode of Honestly, I'm Irritated. And of course, as always, it's Ashley here with all the facts, opinions, and just bomb everything, okay? So thank you again once more. I appreciate all my listeners and my friends and people who just continue to support me and care about what I have to say because, yeah, I just think it's pretty meaningful too and I'm happy that you guys agree with me. So yes, on today's episode... We're going to talk about fear. We're going to talk about things that, um, at least for me, scare me in life or just have been things that have scared me or make me feel less prone to do something or make me feel less prone to be myself or so many other things and kind of just talk about how fear personifies itself in different ways. And also just um, obviously trying to, you know, give some encouragement for things that can um, take you out of that mindset and take you out of the grasp of fear, you know, always trying to just give you a life lesson, give you some encouragement and just have some fun along the way. So that is the episode today. And to start it off, of course, we are going to listen to a banger. So let me find it real quick. Jasmine just hit it right on the nail. Like literally, she probably said everything that somebody mostly can be scared of. So, um, yeah, let's talk about me though. Literally, um, growing up, you know, scared of different stuff. Like I used to be really scared of, um, lightning and, um, lightning and thunder, like the whole just act of like, I just know, like, if it's like thundering and lightninging, lightninging, I don't know <laughs> the plural of that, if it's, um, doing that and it's happening a lot and like, it just keeps happening. The lights keep flashing that kind of scares me. I don't know. Like it just made me really unsettled. And it's like, I didn't always cry or like get scared when it was raining or something, but just the act of like, maybe the lights, like even now, like flashing lights, like that flash like repeatedly and they don't stop. And it's not just like something for a little bit, but it's like, you can't control it or like beeping or loud sounds over and over and over and over again. I don't know that kind of, that stuff kind of scares me but back to the storms it's just like I just know like if it's doing it closer and closer together lightning might strike or like a disaster might come so that scares me but it scares me because of what's gonna come if it keeps happening and um even with like the tornado that happened here in May like for me I've always been scared of hearing the tornado sirens I've been scared of being in a natural disaster like being somewhere where I'm not like safe or okay like and I know I drive every day and just am in a lot of situations where my safety isn't guaranteed and my safety and my life is put in the hands of other people and even sometimes myself I don't always be all the way there but it's just like a natural disaster literally is just like 
everybody is trying to fend for themselves and anybody can get hurt because it's such a strong outside force so that scares me though um any type of natural disaster I've always been kind of scared of that happening and I thank god I wasn't in the house when it happened and I was driving and the road was really like it was hard to drive because it was really rainy and we were like what's going on for real but because we were a little bit farther out me and my friends who were um coming back to Dayton from going out of town we were just driving back at night and we were just like the storm is so bad and of course I was driving I had the joy of being the person to drive right then but um yeah I've always just been scared of like elements outside of our control human control and you know when the wind blows my car when I drive I kind of just get like it's just like because it can move your car and it's like I don't like trying to control it and then the wind is like okay I'm still gonna push you I'm still gonna do that just because it's such a high stakes situation for real like if you move over too quick or something or something happens you can get in a car accident the people can die and even if you don't die you can like you know um your car accident can make somebody else die because they're trying to stop or trying to swerve it's just so many things like that so I think about that stuff a lot as well but um I've always been kind of scared of just like I'm not a bug person you know and it's like if it's like I've held like a millipede or a centipede I forgot the longer one whichever yeah centipede milla okay I need to look up freshen up on the math <laughs> and the bugs but I've held stuff like that like I'll do that and I'm not scared of going to see stuff but obviously if it's in the house or if it's in somewhere that it's not supposed to be or just stuff popping up and having to kill it or just get close to it because bugs can fly they can hop they can be poisonous they cannot be poisonous just be nasty it's just I don't like bugs for real and I'm not scared but that just really is like mm. um yeah I don't think I just don't like stuff not being where it's supposed to be like you know rodents bugs and stuff are not supposed to be with us in our house and stuff so when it is in like an element that it's not supposed to be in, I get scared. But seeing it outside, I'm not necessarily scared. It's just like, I'm gonna let y'all do y'all thing over there and I'm gonna stay over here. But um, yeah, um, I think, I don't know, like just trying to be like, a, um, not a people pleaser completely, but just growing up, you never wanna fail. You never wanna like be the reason why your parents are not proud of you. And I'm not saying if your parents have ridiculous expectations of you and they're like trying to force their life upon you and then you let them down. Like if you let your parents down or somebody down because they're trying to you didn't want to do what they wanted you to do and it has like no correlation to what you like as a person, that's not bad for real. But it's like if you let your parents down because you keep making bad decisions or let your support system down because you're just repeating to do horrible stuff or detrimental things to you or other people then that's more of like a I'm scared to have the overwhelming disapproval of people and like growing up everybody doesn't deserve the you the best you that you have everybody doesn't deserve the overall good spirited kind genuine nature that you have about yourself because some people just don't know when to stop some people don't know when to just like give that back they are so used to receiving and they're not used to just actually just doing thoughtful things themselves they're not used to not being given what they want so they just expect that and they expect stuff from you or they just have a different attitude about it and like you have to realize that and obviously you're going to realize that growing up because people out here crazy and crazy in a hundred different ways okay like we all got our stuff about ourselves but it's some people who just are like did your parents not love you like, did they throw you out and you literally had to fend for yourself every day? Or, like, what's up with you? Is the devil just all up inside you? Because you're just full of hatred, negativity, and just 
no optimism no hope you mean you're bitter it's like ugh, causing problems for yourself projecting your issues on other people then making everybody else have a problem with you when really you're starting stuff with everybody just messy just messy and some people literally they can be good people they can have good decent home backgrounds or family backgrounds and still just choose to move weirdly and I know weirdly and how people see things is all based on perspective and opinion but sometimes people just do stuff that's just like yeah that'll make the most sense and if I can think it not makes it doesn't make sense and I talk to people who I trust their sound opinion and they agree with me I kind of can come to that conclusion for real because I don't be making really really off the wall like remarks or opinions about stuff I think my stuff is pretty well um justify it takes into account a lot of different factors and experiences and you know that's just my bias but I've just always tried to be open-minded and accepting of people and so if I'm not accepting or I'm completely over something or I'm not messing with it and I really do go out of my way to try to do that I think for the most part it's kind of just like "Mm, you know let me just not give my time and energy to this person or to this cause but that all can go back to a fear of just being accepted wanting to be a friend wanting to have friends wanting to be loved wanting to be seen wanting to be appreciated wanting to be all that and the fear that you won't and so you overcompensate for the fear of just not getting the basic things that you need and in this life I think people you have to have a support system you have to have people looking out for you and it's a fear of literally nobody being there for you so sometimes you accept stuff because you don't want to be alone but it's just a balance of knowing your worth knowing who you are knowing that what you deserve and you know fearing losing yourself more than anything fear losing like who you are and losing that being in touch with yourself so much that you don't accept certain things or that you just change up your behavior so you can stay intact and you can be as vibrant and as prosperous as you can be so you can like impact others too like because this life is about impacting public I mean impacting the public and the people you're you have to look out for people and all the people in this world the lawmakers the regulators people in congress and the senate um police officers you know doctors um business owners corporation owners all these people who are only thinking about themselves they're selfish and they're not you don't have to believe in god but you're failing god for real in my opinion being selfish and not caring about people who don't have what you have or have different circumstances and aren't like you that's completely ridiculous to me and it's dumbfounding to me sometimes learning in school and just living every day and coming across so many repeated instances of people who are so selfish that they can't even think about somebody else's situation can't think about how somebody's gonna feel can't think about somebody who might not just have money or might not come for money or who might have a disability or who might have an ailment or who might just you know grow up in a society that they didn't feel loved and cherished so they do some things but everything starts with literally you're not gonna always it really like you know obviously matters and it's instilled in you to like well, at least for me, I can only speak for myself. Let me stop. Growing up for me, literally, like, just situations I went through and how I was, I don't like to be a problem. I didn't like to be a problem, and that's still relevant today, but I don't like to be around people, and it's just like, here she go. What's she going to ask for? What's she going to do? Why is she doing this? It's always something. And so I try to just chill and, like, not just take anything, but just 
my presence and my spirit and me being around isn't a burden. So I don't try to always come to somebody with something or always they already know what to expect every time I come. If it's not just expect to have a good time or expect to feel good or expect to just be respected and treated well. That's what I want people to expect of me when I'm around and just to not feel stressed and not to feel burdened. And so I've always been like that. So I've purposely tried to make sure I was well behaved, try to make sure I was like, helpful I was respectful I just did what I was supposed to do more often than not and like I I didn't want to be a clown like a person who didn't care about nothing so I just tried to you know just do some, some things differently for real but like as you get older you realize like you can't be so worried about how people view you and see you that you aren't concerned with how you feel and aren't concerned with their behavior and the facts of the matter because some things are reactions like you shouldn't base everything off how people treat you because everybody's not going to respect you everybody's not going to treat you with the the reaction of um the vibe or the love that you think you deserve sometimes so you have to go into situations sometimes knowing that and still be a strong enough person that you can have an unwavering sense of calm and personality about yourself that it doesn't matter but it's like sometimes you have to be aware and growing up you are aware that people sometimes do certain things and so having that fear and some of the most crazy controversial issues in this world today are based on fear and misunderstanding and misinformation and so Let's actually segue into that and talk about a little bit of that because I kind of started, but I'm going to finish it. But, you know, let's simmer down, get a banger and just sing to me real quick, Janae. Come on, sing to me, girl. So literally most issues in this world, I think, stem around like control um, and that has largely largely to do with money and the control of assets and land and property and such like that. But control, money, fear, and like sex and lust and stuff. I think so, those are some of like the main things in life that like get people just off their rocker, acting crazy, sidetracked, acting out their gobstopping mind, you know. <laughs> but for real though, like all the racism all the sexism all the isms and um bigotries and prejudices stem from somebody being scared and a lot of it is scared of ethnicities quote-unquote minorities who really aren't minorities who are just minorities to a country because honestly we're all minorities to america for just talking about the u.s only people who are not minorities to america are the Native Americans, and there might be majority in number after invasion, rape, and pillage, but everybody else is a minority because the only people who were here first are Native Americans. So, just want to lay that out there. Most of the problems in history and stuff have been because people are scared. Going back to like Neanderthal times when they were out there hunt hunting not hunting and gathering like they did some stuff, but like before they were having formed languages and they didn't take care of it. They didn't even know what a toothbrush was or they literally found stuff and just did stuff and (laughs) grunted and got by. Thinking about times back in history like that, they probably lived in a state of fear, like a constant state of wonder, discovery and fear. Like, so they went about their lives every way. Just obviously men probably, you know, they found out that like, you know, (laughs) 
women and weren't men and they had attraction then they had sex and they had families and they just kind of did things but like probably a fear of like everything they have fire they didn't have any other systems or anything just going through life going through all types of wilderness and just making stuff work and not knowing anything and I can't even imagine because I just imagine that's a constant state of fear and a constant state of well I want to sleep here but who knows what's going to eat us and where are we going to where are we going to get our food and oh my gosh I sneezed what is that <laughs> probably why they did say bless you because they thought they're I think they thought your soul was leaving your body for a second so they were like bless you bless you and like that's not Neanderthal that's a little bit further down the line I mean that's closer to history to us than Neanderthal times but I'm just saying like they tried to make a reasoning for it because they probably were scared they were like what the hell like what is this my stomach hurts I just got diarrhea what is this am I dying a period what she's bleeding how is she alive and she has a period and she's bleeding but she still comes back and then every month it happens like you know just fear of everything fear of just like getting a cold because people used to legit die from all types of colds like cut your finger you infected and you die like and it's just they probably just lived in a constant state of fear and just going throughout history before they really start finding out more stuff and really they were pretty ignorant up until like recent times if you think about just like a couple few hundred years ago that's pretty recent when we think about everything and the timeline of formation of things like people just have lived in fear and that is so evident obviously with racism like it that literally is personified in racism just a fear of a people not understanding or being scared somebody else is going to take over the economy or take over what y'all have or steal what y'all stole talking about history (laughs) afraid of losing the stolen land and the stolen practices that you guys literally stole from so many people afraid of losing that and then losing the false sense of superiority that some of the minorities quote unquote in this world and in the country feel as if they're just so entitled to when they stole it and most stuff they did was not original you know just malarkey but continue let's get past that a fear of losing what wasn't theirs a fear of not being the best or the most or having the most money or they being the best type of person or just so much stupidity and just dumb stuff for real and so we have so many things set in place and we get these fearful ignorant people in office and we get these fearful ignorant people just huddling around one another and making decisions to protect themselves and put everybody else in a lower um type of category or a different type of background ethnicity or whatever just class system whatever gender whatever the separation is we just they make the decisions and push everybody else out and make sure it's always a divide and it's just it's so much of a divide that's in the constitution like there's there's things that say all people are protected yada yada bit of bang bit of boom and eh, eh. and it's complete bull because it's there can be new new laws and new amendments and new things put in place if somebody in power doesn't want to do that and they just vote people in that they like and that care about their agenda and there's been different movements and different things throughout history that show this that personify this reform movements and even though they might help the people they're looking out for a certain type of people and everybody doesn't get help like that and that just it's a repeated cycle and it fuels so many ideas so it fuels so many misconceptions about 
what people have to offer, what genders and different personalities or what whatever it is can contribute to everyday life. And it's upsetting. Fear literally is like fear is the beginning thing of so many things going wrong in this world today. Like even with gender norms and gender stereotypes, it's like there clearly are evident things that men did and that women did for realistic reasons. Back when they were scared of everything, they was like, all right, so we had, we had sex. I'm bleeding every month. Uh, this month I ain't bleed. I'm assuming I'm pregnant. I have a kid growing in me. I'm going to probably just chill over here, you know, take care of the kid, heal, watch out for my body. And because, you know, you're not pregnant and you can like have more freedom and you might be a little bit more strong, you know, if you are a man, you might be just sometimes men are just stronger, obviously. You, I think you're going to go do all the extra hard work because you don't have to bleed every month. You don't have to do all this. You don't have as many um, distinct emotional changes as me as I'm noticing. So I think you're going to have to take this extra responsibility. And I think that's where stuff formed off of. Like, obviously, like it just makes perfect sense. So there are certain things that obviously women and men do differently. But it's the fear that women might overpower or it's the fear that the value system might change or anything might change. And people start saying, well, no, actually, women can't do this. Women actually can't do this or men can't do this. And people just get so polarized into thinking you can't just do and can't just be and you can't just feel and you can't just act how allow your emotions to act and allow yourself to think for yourself or just allow people to do so many things and that just all stems from fear and a want to control and have power and then later on when money comes into play or even in trade systems where they didn't have money but they knew I'm gonna give you this for this I'll do this for you if you do this for me and we're gonna live off of our exchange to one another you know like all those things and it's just and obviously sex and lust is the root of so many problems like people lose their mind or just get so caught up and that's just been shown in so many instances and in today's culture it's just an overload but um all those things just I think come from a a fear I mean a basis of fear of inadequacy or fear of just not being I guess people sometimes feel enough or just not being as humble or knowing that you're just a regular person because you can have confidence about yourself you're supposed to have confidence about yourself I think like we're not supposed to be not sure of who we are and people who believe in God God tells us who we are and we're called to literally have that faith and have that um strength to do what he asks us to do and share his love and spread his love and um you know try to get obviously people to follow God or just be so enthralled with how loving and awesome you are that they want to know why you're like that and the answer is God so it's like you have to have that confidence you have to have that ability and you have to have that faith and that trust but it's like it's so it's such a thin line between having that and getting too caught up and getting too self-sufficient and getting too hungry for something and getting too just wanting something too much that you just take it or you 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 try to work it out but it doesn't so you end up doing what you want to do anyway and just so many things that stem from a base of fear and um those are just some major things but I just it's a shame and um that's why honestly just people period we have to make our voice known 
And I encourage everybody, I don't care what your field is, like I'm going into urban planning and urban planning is very political actually. It has to do with a lot of politics. It has to do with a lot of rules, regulations, um, zoning laws, discriminatory things, um, housing discriminatory laws and acts at one time, um, how those got implemented, how they didn't get implemented, what certain cities and what certain communities have what, have what because of literally the color of their skin or their ethnicity, which is just, or their social class, just so many things. And it's like so much misconception and such like I said a lack of information earlier because people don't even try to understand because they're just like well my way is the best way so I'm not even going to ask these people what they what they want to do because whatever they're going to do this or that and and like literally sometimes patterns do arise and sometimes some things do happen but you got to look at the whole system if you're going to judge people if you're going to like categorize a whole body ethnicity group of people based on things that are reactions based on a messed up oppressive system based on family lines and based on regular everyday life being majorly tainted and messed with over a course of years you got to take everything into consideration and you really got to start with the root of the problem and the root of the problem is making sure the people making the laws enforcing the laws and being in charge care about everybody and you got to make your voice heard and people have to vote people have to be the agents for change that they want to see in the community that they're in and um you know, that's what I want to do going with design. Like, I want to obviously make the world a better, more sustainable, efficient place with my design and affect people in their everyday processes better with placement, lighting, texture, and exposure. That's what I want to do with my design mission, and that's my drive. But in everyday life, you should try to make somebody else's life better. Like, you should just... That should just be a desire I think everybody should have. And I'm not saying stress yourself out and go out of your way all the time and, like deplete yourself because you're so worried about other people no but there should be a genuine concern for other people's life there should be a genuine concern and especially when the decisions you make are affecting other people's lives that don't have the same situation as you you should be obligated to make sure you know about them you know how they feel you know what's up with their culture you are trying to at least learn about them and make them feel important and make them feel special And not just make them feel special when you want something from them. Or not just make them feel important and interested. I mean, like you're interested in them only when you just need something from them. Or gaslighting or doing something like, oh yeah, we'll give you this. And then not really following through or just giving them a bare minimum but keeping more for yourself. Just like, you just gotta give people what they deserve. Like, And I sometimes I think the issue with pay and the workforce and stuff is like, People just want to be paid what they deserve. If we go into college, if we're doing all this work, if we're doing a job that deserves to be paid a certain way, pay us the, pay us the right way. Like, stop pe- giving people who don't really work that hard or just it's in the family or something. And, like, if it's showing money, you can do what you want to do. But I'm talking about when the decisions affect people on a public level. You got to make sure you're actually giving people the chance they deserve and acknowledging the people who are actually smart and considerate and know exactly what is going on in that subject. Because people who are suffering from the ignorance and lack of empathy of leaders and um, policymakers, legislators, all those things, it literally is a matter of life and death. And that can be a death, a physical death or a death of your spirit. And honestly, 
if you meet some people out here who are spiritually dead, they do more harm, obviously, than people who are really dead. They do more harm because spiritually dead people don't give a fuck. They don't care. And I've had my fair share of interactions with people who are spiritually dead. And I've gone through problems, but it's different. I can be spiritually dead and I'm going to still care for people and be look, and look out and stuff. Some people can be spiritually dead and not care about who they hurt, not care about what they do, not care about repercussions because no one looked out for them, or they feel like something didn't go right for them, or they've had so much struggle in their life. And all those things just need to really be considered and thought about. And that's why we have to really go back to facing our fears and locating where our fears come from. And a fear from something might actually be a a reaction from something else you haven't dealt with. You know, you have to take the time. You have to take the time to really reevaluate where you're coming from, your thought process. What's your intention? You know, like, what's your intention? And we just like I said, we see that. We see that personified every day, literally every day. Somebody can really be like, wow, they need some help. They're scared of something. Something's not right with them. And we all have our issues, but you have to want to be better for yourself. You have to want to embrace things and learn to embrace things because you got to. And I know one thing for me, I struggled with fear in my last relationship, my last serious one, like. I struggle with that. And he would say to me sometimes, like, you're living, like, you got to not live in fear. You can't live in a mindset that something's not going to work out and yada, yada, and yada, yada. And at that point in my life, a lot of stuff wasn't working out for me on a personal level, how I saw them. So I just wasn't productive. I wasn't, um, my vibe was off. I just wasn't myself. And um, it showed because I was failing in a lot of aspects and I wasn't my best self. So it really did show my, the fruits of my labor showed that the inside was dying (laughs) and that's drastic but seriously my fruit my fruit was dead I wasn't that good I wasn't that awesome and I hurt somebody that I love and I just wasn't the best and so you know you gotta learn and relationships I think are for are for learning um a lot and they're for losing that pride losing that um sense of just you know everything you got everything together or everything's gonna go fine or just whatever whatever like you, know, you just have to really be resilient and um be um able to be vulnerable and that fear of keeping your walls up and not looking dumb or whatever it has to it has to not be there and if that's the case for just interactions with our loved ones that has to be cases for interactions with everybody and so we can all really learn from that and we can all take something away from that Because I guarantee if everybody really analyzed their fear, analyzed their actions, and analyzed their intentions behind what they support and what they do, things would be better for real. And it would be a lot more communication. Problems would arise, but they wouldn't be there for long because real, honest, thorough conversations would be had. And that's ethics comes into play a lot, especially professional ethics. Like, literally, it just, it has to be there. And it's just very evident when it's not, so... Yeah, let's end that on some encouragement. But um, right after this wonderful song, we're going to get some encouragement, y'all, to push through fear, to love ourselves more, and to have a better open mind so we can love our neighbors, love our constituents. <laughs> I'm weak. I just keep talking about law stuff. But anyways, banger. So here are 14 ways that Forbes.com 
suggest that you can um, begin to overcome your fear and there's many ways and many different things for different people but um looking through them they're pretty good and it's worth listening to so let's get to it number one understand fear and embrace it fear exists to keep us safe it is not inherently bad or good but a tool we can use to make better decisions fear isn't designed to keep us inactive but to help us act in ways that generate the results we need and want. Embrace fear as instruction and let it inform your actions, but not control them. Real nice, real nice. Two, don't just do something, stand there. We tend to admire people who are quick to action, but being deliberate, creating a plan, and pacing yourself are also actions. Many successful undertaking has been threatened or ruined by haste alone. When fear strikes, consider whether the option, the correct action might be to analyze the options and make a wise, well thought out choice rather than jumping to what seems right in the heat of the moment. And that's for sure true. You definitely should think about things and um, take time to process things, but I also encourage people to act because it is good to plan and take things slow, but if you really get too caught up in planning and thinking and not actually doing, you can be planning for a lot longer than you think. So just, I think you need both, honestly. That's just my opinion, though. Three, name the fear. Sometimes merely stating what your fear is gives you the strength to deal with it. Say your fear out loud, write it down, or focus your mind on it. When you try to ignore your fear, it grows. When you face it, it shrinks. Four, think long-term. If you're an entrepreneur, you may be afraid you won't make it the next payroll. But what's your three-month outlook or the outlook for three years from now? Thinking about the long-term won't fix your short-term problem, but it can help you think about it more objectively and come up with the right solution. And that can go for literally like anything. And that's really good. Educate yourself. We are afraid of nothing so much as the unknown. If you, if your fear is based on a lack of information, then get the information or knowledge you need to examine the situation based on facts rather than speculation. And I was talking about that because that's so true. That is so true. Prepare, practice, and role play. The long-standing fear in the United States is public speaking. In many surveys, death itself ranks in second place to standing in front of a group of people and opening your mouth. If your fear is related to your performance in a certain activity, then prepare, practice, and role play. Carmine Gallo, author of Talk Like Ted, told me about Dr. Jill Bolt Taylor, who practiced her popular TED Talk more than 200 times. If you don't have that much time, Gallo says, I find that practicing a presentation a minimum of 10 times is ideal. And being a theater kid, practice really does get you very comfortable with it. And it really is necessary to know things in and out, but I don't always do that (laughs) when it comes to stuff that is in the play. So that really is good advice though. Practicing really will make you way more comfortable and way more familiar. Utilize peer pressure. Have you ever done something scary, like jumping off a high bridge into a river below, 
only because you were with friends who were egging you on. Peer pressure, like fear itself, can be positive or negative depending on how it's wielded. Surround yourself with people who will push you to overcome the fears that are holding you back from what you want. And that really is true. You got to really check your circle because even if your circle isn't really negative, if they're not supporting you and they're not pushing you to be better, you can find better people. Visualize success. Athletes may imagine the successful completion of a physical task thousands of times before achieving it. This mental mapping ensures that when the body moves, it's more likely to follow its preordained path. The same practice will prepare you to succeed at whatever you're trying to achieve. Gain a sense of proportion. How big of a deal, really, is the thing you're afraid of? We sometimes get so caught up in the success or failure of a particular quest that we lose sense of where it fits in with everything else we value. Ask yourself what's the worst that can happen. Sometimes the reality is bad, but often you might find that the fear itself is worse than whatever it is you're afraid of happening. And that's really true as well. 10. Get help. Whatever you're afraid of, is it something you have to do alone? Can you find a mentor or support group to help you through it? Athletes have coaches, students have teachers, sometimes friends, even if they have no expertise in the area you're struggling with, can provide the needed support to face your fear. Get your circle right, (laughs) y'all. Talking to myself too, geez. 11, follow others, find a recipe. Are you doing something that has never been done or can you follow the footsteps of someone else who has accomplished it before? Is there a formula for success? Has someone written a book on the topic? Or can you tweak a formula from another field to meet your needs? Hmm. And that's really interesting too. Like, I think it's a thin line. Well, not even a thin line. You just have to like, when you're learning from other people and um, learning from other things that happened in the past or other things that have worked, it really is important to learn for like, I mean, to look for what works and learn from that, but just always make sure you bring your originality and you bring an original idea to it. So it's not just strictly copying, but it's going off what works because that matters. Like some people try to suggest things that never don't work and that might be good to like think about and talk about, but if it's not feasible and it's not going to be able to be applicable, it's like, it doesn't really matter. So just make sure it's original and it actually works. Have a positive attitude. In Brian Tracy's book, The Power of Self-Confidence, Become Unstoppable, Irresistible, and Unafraid in Every Area of Your Life, he asks, what would you do differently if you were absolutely guaranteed of success in any undertaking? Would you try more things? Would you keep working long hours after others would have given up? People who have positive attitudes are successful because they keep trying after others give up. Be willing to pivot. As the adage goes, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. But there's also the saying, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Ooh, yes, that was deep. If you're afraid to do something because it didn't work out the last time, figure out why it didn't work and try something different before you give up trying altogether. Hmm. Okay, look at that. That's real good. 
Look at that speaking to me. Look at that. <laughs> I like that one. Okay, cool. And 14, last but not least, focus on others as your motivation. There are things we would never do for ourselves that we would quickly and fearlessly do for others. Hiram Smith, the co-founder of Franklin Covey, once asked a mother in his audience during a presentation if she would be willing to cross a standard metal I-beam placed from the roof of one skyscraper to another. She said no, she wouldn't. He asked her if she would do it for a million dollars and added that, that now there was a bit of wind and some raindrops falling. She still wouldn't. Then he told her, imagine he was holding her child over the edge of the opposite building, and if she wasn't there in 10 seconds, he would drop the child. What do you think her answer was under those circumstances? What methods have you used successfully for overcoming fear? And that's a question that everybody should really think about. And that's what I want to leave you with because that's what they left us with. So <laughs> that's how that works. But um, that is a good thinking point. And those are actually some really good tips. So I encourage you guys to just really try to overcome that. And it's a work in progress and nobody has it down packed. Um, but some people really have gotten really good with it. And so I just hope you guys can... Um, Start to overcome your fear, start to be more open to things and be more open to learning about new ways of life and new customs and all those things because um, it really, it really matters and it matters in way more ways than people can think and it touches on every pe type of person, every type of personality and every type of issue, honestly, so yeah. Cause I'm scared honestly if we don't as a people we won't get better and I'm not okay with that I'm not gonna be here forever but I want to make an impact while I'm here and I want people around me and I want all of us to be able to recognize the beauty and the value of life and the environment and our earth and our world and try to make it better and so I hope that people really can overcome their fear begin to think about things differently and begin to learn so we can just be more open accepting and move past this and just be able to elevate because that's what life is about. Touching people, growing, elevating, and doing things differently for the betterment of everyone. So yes, that's all for today, folks. And um, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back here next week. And um, yeah, you all have a great night. Be safe. And um, yeah, TTYL. <laughs> You just finished listening to an Ashley Milan Brooks original production. Thank you so much. Bye bye.